You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the fire of God. We're going to talk about the same fire that came on Acts, what we talked about this morning, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, where they were all assembled together after Jesus appeared to, to 500, 120 of them showed up, and they were all in unity in one accord. And then suddenly, everybody shout suddenly. I believe in the suddenlies of God. I believe in the suddenlies of God. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. You start talking about the elements of God. What are the elements of God? They're the rain of God, the wind of God, and the fire of God. You start talking about that, you've got my attention. Hallelujah. Thank God. And the wind began to blow. And the Bible says where that wind was blowing, it came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house. Come on, it filled all the house. Well, thank God it can fill your house, and it can fill this house. And it says that where they were sitting, and then suddenly what happened? And then cloven tongues of fire. I mean, the fire fell. Come on, the fire fell. I said the fire fell. The fire fell. The fire falls. The wind blows, but the fire of God falls. And it says, there appeared in them cloven tongues like as a fire. I'm going to have you confess this again. I got too much sound up here, Abe. I, um, what, what happened was then that the fire of God sat on them. Everybody say, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Sit, on sit on me. What is that? The tongues of fire sat on you. Now, when the Holy Ghost really sets on you, you're going to change. You're going to change. I mean, I think I weigh about 160 The first laugh from your wife, that's not good. So I'll just do it to her. If I went and set my hundred... <laughs> anyway, I'm under the anointing, I can't lie. When I go set my current weight on my wife, I have lost some. Anyway, um, and if, I, she, if I set all of my weight on her, she would change her position. She would, and I'm like, go do it just because right now. <laughs> She would change her position. You and I, what we need right now is we need God to come sit on us. Now, now when you pray that, you better be careful. You better be careful. Not messing around. Because you will change. You will change. You get God coming to set himself on you. What is that? God himself? Well, the spirit of God, the anointing, the power of God. Cloven tongues of fire sat on each and every one of them. And they were all filled. And they were all filled. They were all filled. They were all filled. They were all filled. I want you all to get filled. Well, I'm already filled. I already speak in tongues. Well, if there's one initial infilling, then there's many refillings. There's many refillings. Ephesians 5 says, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You want to know what the will of the Lord is? This is it. Be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Uh, Ephesians 5, 17. It says, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine. Okay, we won't stop there. Be not drunk with wine, where is excess, but be. You know what it says, be being filled. So you're not just supposed to be filled once. You're not just supposed to have initial infilling, that's it. You're supposed to be being filled. In the hour that you live in, you need to constantly be filled. What you touch out there, the doubt, the unbelief, the criticism, the, the mockery, all that when, you, when you're a part of that, that, that works on you. That, that, I don't know about you, but it kind of grates on me. 
And so what I got to do is I got to get filled with the Lord. I got to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Be not unwise to understand what the will of the Lord is. This is the will of the Lord, that you be not drunk with wine with their excess, but be being filled. So he likens it to being full drunk of the Holy Ghost. This is what happened in Acts chapter 2. What happened? They, 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 the people said they're drunk. Peter said they're not drunk like you think. They're just full of the Holy Ghost. They're just full of the Holy Ghost. They're just full of the fire. They're full of the fire of God. It did something in their life. It changed them. It transformed Peter. It caused them to be bold. So be not unwise, understand what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine where he says, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. How? Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. One of the things we were doing tonight during praise and worship, it was good. It, it was more exhortation. We didn't get to a deep place of worship. But sometimes you just need to be exhorted. You just need to turn your attention and, and be put in a place to receive. I, I will say this, um, um, and, and I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm just thankful. There are none of them up here, so they won't know who I'm talking about. I love them all, and I'm grateful for our worship team. I send them something, and boom, they bring it. Hallelujah. And that's not easy. It's not easy all the time, especially when I drop it real quick. Hallelujah. But I, I appreciate what, what do I do? One of the things about psalms and hymns, uh, I'll just drop this in here. Right now, for us as a church, I, I, I'm yielded, I'm given to those things. And I can tell a song that is for us. I can tell something that's for us. And sometimes it's momentary, and sometimes it'll keep working. But I know that song they just did was for tonight. And, and if we never do it again, which we will, but it, it was for tonight because the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord, I need you to get a position of waiting. I need you to get in a position of receiving. I need you to get in a position of exchanging because God's about to give you his strength. God's about to give his power to you. He's about to renew something in you. Thank God for the initial filling of the Holy Ghost and fire. Remember what John the Baptist said and Jesus reiterated in Acts chapter one, verse four and five. He said, John, truly baptized with water unto repentance, but I've come. Hallelujah. But he said, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Somebody shout fire. Hallelujah. So we're not, we're not after tongues. We're after power. We're after fire. We're, after we're not after tongues. Thank God for all it is. You can build yourself up praying in the, in the Holy Ghost, your most holy faith. I'm like the Apostle Paul. I thank my God I speak in tongues more than y'all. I love to pray out mysteries. I pray in tongues all the time. I pray while I'm driving with my eyes open. I pray in other tongues. Hallelujah. I pray all the time. I walk down the hall here where I work. It's okay to pray in other tongues because I happen to be the boss, and it's my atmosphere, and I can set it. Hallelujah. And so I pray in tongues all the time, and I thank God for it. But uh, the tongues was the evidence of something I got. Tongues should be an evidence of some power working in you. Tongues should be an evidence of the fire working in you. And God wants to answer by fire just like he did in the days of Elijah. Because if the children of Israel were backslidden, and they were quite a bit. And they always were, and they were going after other gods. But how did God get them back? The God who answers by fire. Let him be God. Hallelujah. And I believe the same God. He's 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 the same God. And I believe he's ready to answer by fire again. There was a time in the early 70s when they called the charismatic movement when in the denominations, and it's really started in the Catholic church. I don't know what you think about that, but there are born again Catholic people. 
Amen. And, in, and God just does honorary things sometimes just to prove everybody who think they know stuff wrong. So he started with them and he got them full of the Holy Ghost. And it began a charismatic movement, pulling people who were hungry, but they had never heard. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. They got the fire of God. The charismatic movement showed up. Hallelujah. Changed things. I believe in these last days as God pours out his fire, all those moves are going to come together as one. And we're going to see a mighty, powerful display of God's glory and God's power. Healing, miracles, people getting saved, demonstrations of the Holy Ghost and the fire of God on display. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, this generation that's coming up, they don't care about nothing religious. They don't care about anything that you can chat, chat, talk, talk, talk. That, you know, that will move them. They want to see some real things. They want to see some results. Hallelujah. Back when I was growing up, we used to say, put your money where your mouth is. In other words, you know, we're not from Missouri. The show, you know, show me. <clears throat> show me. And God's ready to show. Amen. Come on, remember when you were a kid and they did, I don't know if they do it anymore, but they did show and tell. You didn't just tell something, you brought something to show. I believe God is about to demonstrate his power like never before. I'm all up for it. Amen. How do we, where does the fire fall? Well, first of all, if you want the fire to fall, you've got to understand some things about the fire of God. So let's just go through this. Um, number one, um, if you look, if you go this way, if you go with results first, what does the fire, why do we want the fire of God? What does it produce? And what does it show us? Um, you all know Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. Have you ever gotten a cup of coffee here? Do they still call it 1229? I remember when they were building this building, the guys that were putting up the tile was like, 1229, is that when you get out of church? 1229, because it didn't have Hebrews in front of it. And so it started way back over in the A-frame, and it was a youth, they were making money off of it, and so it was a, like a fundraiser for them, and so uh, I don't know how it, get, but it became, ended up becoming 1229. What is 1229? You know this. Our God is a consuming fire. Consuming fire. How many know... Um, when God does fire, you personally don't get burned up. Amen. You know, like God caused an earthquake. Well, listen, God caused an earthquake while Paul and Silas were in jail, but all that happened were the bands were loose and the prison doors were open. There was no destruction. He just shook it without destroying anything. He burns <laughs> that burning bush, but it was... He consumed it, but he didn't consume it. In other words, there wasn't a pile of ashes left afterwards. There's something about being on fire for God. It'll energize you. But, but listen, um, he'll consume you because he's an all-consuming fire. But I want you to see, uh, how can you tell if you understand the fire of God, you have the fire of God? At, let's look at this. Um, Hebrews 12. Um, Talks about Jesus, verse 24, being a mediator. Um, let's go verse um, 26. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but heaven. The wind, the power of God. And this word 
yet once more signifies the removing of those things that are shaken. When the wind blows, things that can be removed will be removed. Of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken will remain. Hallelujah. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. So when you're part of the kingdom of God, when you build your life on the word of God on the rock, the winds blow, the rains come, but it's not going to move you. Because you're part of a, 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 a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us have grace where we, are, we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Then what's that thing right there? Is that a semicolon or just a colon? That's a colon. So what's in verse 29 is connected to that last part. It said that we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear because our God is a consuming fire. Someone who's never contacted the fire of God is neither reverent. Because, see, when you touch the Almighty, you will have a godly fear. You will have a reverence about you. You will have a reverence about you. You will have an awe of the Almighty because he is a consuming fire. Not in a way that hurts you, but in a way that's changed you. And when you contact the fire of God, you contact the almightiness of God. He is the Lord God Almighty. He's Father and he's Abba. But don't ever forget, he is God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. And so when you contact the fire, when you've learned to walk in the fire, there, you'll be a person of reverence and, 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 and all respect of the almighty God. And one of the things that's missing today in the church world is a reverence and an awe of God. Well, when the fire falls, and it is falling, and it continues to fall, and it gets hotter and hotter, there will become a reverence once again for the things of God. I didn't say a stiffness. I didn't say a religion. I didn't say that. I said a, a, a respect. Come on. When God does something big, you respect him. You're in awe of him. You can't figure him out. You can't figure out how he did it, but you're just grateful that he did it. When you come in contact with him, you're in awe of him. You have a great respect for him. Because our God, say, say my God, my God. Is, is a consuming fire. Woo, thank God for the fire of God. Now, how else do you know what are the purposes of the fire? I'm going to set the, set in the stage because this is what else what happens. You're going to like this one. I know it. Hallelujah. Uh, Malachi chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. Malachi 3, chapter, chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. King James. But who will abide in the day of his coming? Who shall stand when he appears? For he's like a refiner's fire and fuller's soap. That reminds me of lava. Y'all remember lava? I know these kids don't remember lava. If you ever got your wa mouth washed out with lava, you'd remember it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lava, it's that, it's that rough soap that clean you up. Hallelujah. It didn't leave your hands feeling pretty. It just got them clean. Hallelujah. All right. So he's like a refiner's fire. He's like fuller soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold, as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Let's talk about gold. How do you make it pure? Heat it up. You got to heat it up a lot? Oh, you got to heat it. You got to heat it. And when, as you heat it, y'all know this. What happens when you heat it real good? The dross rises to the top. 
And then what you got to do with that dross? You got to skim it. You got to skim it. You got to get rid of the impurities. Well, this is what happens when the fire falls. That's why everybody don't like the fire. That's why everybody don't like the fire. You like the fire. I like the fire. But everybody don't like the fire. Because, see, you just can't sit in the fire and do nothing. You can't just sit in the fire and be who you are and have your own truth. When the fire falls, when the fire falls, you're going to change. Because it'll change you for the good. It'll, it'll, it, it, that righteousness there at the end. But this is what happens. So when the fire falls, you and I got to do. When the fire comes, when the fire falls, as we're running around the room, as we're rolling on the floor, as we're laughing, as the fire is on us, we're ooh, whatever. Then there's things the Lord is trying to do. There's things the Lord, what is he doing? He's heating you up so you can rip off the dross, that you can get rid of it. Hallelujah. But this is what most people do. When, God, when the fire falls, when the power is moving, then they either got to do, do one or two things. They got to back away from it, let it cool down, let that dross mix back in them, because that's who they are. No, when the fire falls and it gets hot in a good way, come on, God is so kind and so good. While you're having a good time rejoicing in the Lord and the fire is falling, he's going to clean you up. He's going to clean you up. You just got to get your skimmer out. You just got to get your skimmer out and say, all right, Lord, I won't do that no more. You don't like that? I don't like that either. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, then you'll love this one too. Y'all like that one really well. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, 12. Remember, this is what John the Baptist said. Um, I indeed baptize you with water of repentance, but he that comes after me is mightier than I. Whose shoes I'm not worthy to undo. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire, whose fan in his hand. We never read this one. We're going to add it today. Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge. Woo! Woo! Thoroughly purge his floor, and he gathers his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff. Come on. He will burn up the chaff. He will, because there's some, there, there's one scripture that talks about, you know, uh, he removed the chaff and the wheat. You know, it's like this is how they used to harvest in the old days is when they get the wheat in, they would throw it up in the air so the wind could blow away the chaff. Well, he's not even waiting for that. He's just going to send the fire. Hallelujah. He's just going to send the fire and get rid of the chaff in your life. You and I can be chaffless. Hallelujah. The more you get in the fire. The more you get in the fire, you're not trying to do it on your own. You're not trying. I have found in my life when I am more full of the Holy Ghost, when I am more on fire. I said, Pastor Mark, you're always on fire. I have found in my life when I am more on fire, I'm just like you. Especially if you've been doing it a while, you can get into a ritual. We don't want to be any rituals anymore. Come on, let's kick the sides out of that rut and let's get out of here. And what happens? Well, when the fire falls, we just have to say, Lord, all right, I'm, let's get rid of the dross. Let's get rid of the chaff. Amen. The power of God will change you. How do you know you've been in the power of God? How do you know? Well, those are some things that are going to happen. Um, praise the Lord. Um, I, keep, I keep making reference of it. Let's look at 1 Kings 18. Let's even look at some old covenant. 1 Kings 18. I'm not going to keep you a long time. 
I just want to prepare because um, Jeremiah 23, 29 says, the Lord said, is not my word like fire? Says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the pieces of rock. So I got to give you the word that's full of the fire. So that can, it can break some things up, get you ready. First Kings 18, 37. I believe we're here. I believe we're here again at this. Hear me, O First Kings 18, 37. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are, you are the Lord God and that you have turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Lord, Lord, that was some fire from heaven. It even licked up the water that was in the trench during a time of drought. Come on, Elijah was bold. He, put, he took precious water during the drought and soaked the sacrifice. No hanky-panky. Because remember what he was doing to them. He's like the God who answers by fire. Remember, they called on their God. Remember, he poked fun at them. Whew. Where's your God? Is he on vacation? Perhaps he's sleeping. Yell a little louder. Yell a little louder. <laughs> and then the Bible says, so, and then verse 39, and when all the people saw it, when the power of God's in the demonstration, there's something to see and something to hear. When the people saw it, they fell on their face and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. The God that answers by fire, let him be God. Again, I can't make it happen. You can't make it happen. But the word of God says he's an all-consuming fire. Deuteronomy 4.24 again says he is an all-consuming fire. If you see Jesus in the picture of Revelation 1.14 through 15, it says this, his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were flaming fire. Woo! Some people say, I have a look, but that's a look right there. And his feet like unto brass. What does that mean? They've been in the fire. And they burned as, as, as if they were burned in a furnace. See, I told you. <laughs> and his voice like the sound of many waters. And then you look in Ezekiel as you get a picture of heaven um, and the same thing. Um, so uh, we'll just start Ezekiel 1, 26. Just want to give you this. And above the ferment there was over their heads was a likeness of a throne and the appearance of a sapphire stone. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness of the appearance of a man above upon it. And I saw the color of amber. What's that? That's a glow of fire. And the appearance of fire round about within it. From the appearance of his loins even up, <laughs> and from the appearance of his loin even down, I saw as was the appearance of fire, and he had brightness round about. And the appearance of the bow, the rainbow that was in the clouds in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell on my face, and I heard a voice as of one spake. Ezekiel 8, 2 says about the same thing. Then I beheld in low likeness of the appearance of fire from the appearance of his loins even downward and his, uh, the loins upward is the appearance of his brightness and the color of amber. So our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. So since he is a consuming fire, we ought to expect the fire. It should have been no surprise to them if they would have known on the day of Pentecost, fire was going to fall because he is a consuming fire. He is fire from his loins up. To, come on. He is fire waist up, waist down. Fire, fire, fire. Hallelujah. And, and if he's on fire, he wants you to be on fire. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Listen, there's all kinds of things. I mean, in Leviticus, when they offered um, a, a sacrifice to the Lord. There it is, Leviticus 9, 22 and 24. We don't often look at Leviticus, but I want to look at this. Leviticus 9, 22 and 24. And Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them and came down for an offering of the sin offering, the burnt offering, the peace offering. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people after the sacrifices were offered. And then there came a fire. Verse 24. And there came a fire from before the Lord. Why? Because he's a consuming fire. And consumed the altar, the burnt offering, and the fat, which when all the people saw it... <laughs> There's this offering they offered to the Lord. Suddenly from heaven comes this fire and consumes the offering. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, all kinds of things happen um, uh, with the offering. I mean, when Abraham and God cut the covenant, you remember that? It put those things on either side. And what does it talk about? How this fiery furnace came in among them. God answers by fire. God answers by fire. So, well, that's good for the old covenant. No, listen, 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 listen. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> Romans 12, 1 and 2. What are you supposed to do? Offer your body a. I dare you. I dare you. I dare you. What do I mean by that? If God consumed an offering in the old, and we have a new and better, and the fire fell as they were in unity in one accord in the book of Acts as to show us what it's supposed to be. Hallelujah. And we have a far better covenant than Abraham had. And when God cut the covenant with them, the, the fire was there. Oh, what is the fire? Am I saying you're going to see flames? You're going to see flames dancing on my head? No. I mean, you could, but no, we're not looking for that. We're looking for the results. Amen. We're looking for the results. We're looking for the empowerment. We're looking for the empowerment. Because the fire will change you. Yes, it will. I said the fire of God will change you. Amen. The fire of God is the power of God. And the power comes to consume the offering. And you are the offering. The fire of God, where does the fire fall? Where there's an offering. Where does, I got all the way there to get to there. Where does the fire fall? It fires where, the fire falls where there's an offering. The fire falls where there's an offering. And he's not looking for bulls and goats to, and pigeons and all. He's not looking for any of that today. I'm grateful. What, I'm, what he's looking, he's still looking for an offering though. And you are, you are the offering. You offer yourself to him a living. He offered himself for you. Now he wants you to offer yourself for him. And when you offer yourself to him, he will consume you with his power, with the anointing. And it'll change your life. It'll change your life. And the, the closer you get to him, you know, um, if you're going to have a natural fire, you're going to have to have some firewood. You're going to have to have something. You're going to have to have something to have a fire with. You're going to have to firewood, paper. You're going to have to be able to burn something. Well, in the realm of the Spirit, God is a consuming fire, but he still needs you. Because, see, if he doesn't have you, if you're not offering yourself a living sacrifice, he has nothing to consume. 
because he's made a decision. I'm not, there's not going to be, um, the fire is not in the room. You're the ones on fire. And then that, as you get together, come on, if I get a bunch of living stones that are on fire together, then that fire will spread. Um, I always used to say this, um, you know, most of you know this, but I grew up between two small towns on a rural area. Um, you know, really, I went to high school in Paris, Illinois. My mom worked in Marshall, Illinois, but we lived in a little village called Oliver, Illinois. My mama used to say, and I know she's watching, but she used to tell everybody she was the mayor. There was no mayor. But she, uh, she, she used to tell everybody she was the mayor. But um, we had, so it's a small, tight-knit little village-like thing, and um, had two churches, um, a, church of, uh, a Church of Christ and the Methodist Church where I went. So, you know, it was a really tight place. We had one, um, uh, like, mini-mart grocery store, only it wasn't a mini-mart. You know, it was, uh, you know, uh, it's where you went to get uh, uh, some Dr. Pepper and a candy bar and, uh, um, you know, a greasy hamburger every once in a while. Anyway, so, but, so I, but I remember this. Finally, we got a volunteer fire department. But, you know, with 300 people, everybody knows everybody. And so when something's on fire, we just did, most people didn't just get out of their house and look. They got in their car. Even if they weren't going to help, everybody wanted to go see where the fire was because it was somebody you knew. If the, fire, if the fire department was leaving, somebody you knew was in trouble. And so they, they, we would, everybody would go. I mean, at the very least, you'd be outside looking to see who it was. And so you've heard people say this, but I do believe it's true, and I do believe it's the hour. Uh, we just need to get on fire like never before, and people come watch you burn. What does that mean? I mean, I think people are looking for real. Looking for real. You know, in our circles, is there stuff that's not real? Do people put on? Sure. Sure, sure, sure. But you know what? Um, I believe here we, we have uh, the, the, the reality of the movement and the power of God and the fire of God, I think will cause people's and people's lives to be changed. I, I love it when people are new and it comes the time to lay it on a hands and I can almost sense it when I walk up to them. You ain't pushing me down, dude. <laughs> I sense it. I ain't, there's nothing you're going to do. You will not push me. And, and they almost kind of get stiff. And so what I always do with that, and, you know, I, I just usually grab them by the hands because there's no pushing. I don't, I don't, we don't weave them, you know what I'm saying? Falling out doesn't mean that you got much. It just means you yielded. But it's always funny. when I love it when then they fall like a sack of potatoes. Because, you see, if you're serious, God's power is real. God's fire is real, and lives change. Are we looking for the outward demonstrations? No, we're not looking for those. They just happen to happen, just like the evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost is speaking in other tongues. I think sometimes we get so caught up on the evidence, and I would not downplay the uh, speaking in other tongues and praying in other tongues. It has changed my life. But I just want to emphasize, like I did today, the power, the fire is what we're after. The other tongues is evidence of the fire and the power. I'm so grateful that my God is a consuming fire. Where does the fire fall? He falls where people are waiting. So I had him do that song. 
God falls where people are waiting. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.